0: This is the Sue Freeze Show, talking about life, relationships, and achieving. Here's your host, Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much for joining in to the Sue Freeze Show, and I am so thrilled to be with you again, again today. You know, this week has been an interesting week. The weather has been interesting, hasn't it? And, you know, I've just been like, okay, what do I wear? Do I wear short sleeves? Do I wear long sleeves? And, you know, it's really fun, you know, after summer finishes and that things get a little cooler and how you get to bring out the, the sweaters and the warmer clothes. But, you know, when I when I wear warmer clothes and I have to bundle up a little bit, what I realize is it kind of gives me this comfort level. And the same thing that gives me comfort level is having a peace of mind. I talk about peace of mind with my customers, as far as with ECOLA, and just understanding what what there is in their home regarding their termites and their pests. It's, you know, we want to know what there is, and then what are our options, right? In anything in life, don't we want to identify the issues and then figure out what the solutions might be? And there's a peace of mind when we've done our due diligence, when we've done our research, and we've figured out you know, what our options are, what the issue is really, because sometimes, whether it's at work or at home, you know, relationships, sometimes, you know, we have an issue and it gets our stomach all churning or it gets our heart to where it's just not peaceful. And we're going, okay, there's something wrong, don't really know what it is. And so we have to identify what that is. And then from there, we have to figure out what can we do? What What is within our control to fix, Right. With that, Bible verses to help you have peace of mind. There are seven Bible verses to help you feel God's guidance in your life. No matter what challenges you face, you can find peace of mind and heart with the Bible's life-giving words. So number one, when you face a problem, refuse to think thoughts of failure. How many times have you felt like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this one. I don't know what to do, and I don't know... God, you say you won't give us more than we can handle, but right now it feels like it's more than I can handle. God can't help you unless you trust him to help. Turn your thoughts from the problem to the God with whom all things are possible. Trust him to guide you to his wise, loving solution, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Isaiah forty-one thirteen. That is so interesting for me personally. God is speaking very strongly to me right now. Why? Because earlier today, I saw the scripture in another place on another something. I think it was a card I was reading for my birthday or something. And I it fell off my door, taped to my door and fell off. And I picked it up and I read. And this was the scripture. So I think the Lord is really speaking to me right now personally. And does that ever happen to you? Where it's like, you know, something has to hit you in the head really strong for you to <laughs> get the message. And I have this other thing that I have uh, shared with many people that are close to me. And it is 143. When we used to text a lot, I discovered that 143 stood for I love you. And now, anytime I'll look up on the clock and it'll say 143. And it just hits so uh deep in my heart and I've shared it with other people and now other people are noticing it too. And for me it's God's way of saying that He loves me and that I'm doing the right thing, I'm on the right path because He loves me. And Isaiah 4113, 1, even though it's not in the right order, the numbers are there, and I, I just I'm really feeling God is saying this to me personally. Do not fear. I will help you. And isn't that wonderful? And so number two is put your problems in perspective. How many times have you just blown things out of proportion? You know, we sit there and we're going, oh, my gosh, it's so horrible. It's so big. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. And I say, you know, how do we deal with this problem? It's like an elephant and it's one bite at a time because the elephant is huge, right? And so we're going to take care of this problem like an elephant. And how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Things are seldom as big or scary as they seem. Patience and perseverance can make your problems manageable. Prayer is vital too. Sometimes we forget to do that. After you pray and wait, often it becomes clear what you can do to solve a problem. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. To you, Matthew 7, 7. If we just hold on to that scripture and understand that, side note, my children, I taught them early on, like with my son. Tyson, you don't know if you don't ask. And recently, a funny little story is is that there was a situation where uh, we were in a negotiation. And all of a sudden, I, I look over at my son in amazement and with pride. Because he asked a question that I was thinking, but I was like, oh, do I ask that? And he went ahead and asked it. And we actually made progress in our negotiation, in our favor, of course. But you know what? Sometimes, you know, we just don't think to ask or we're thinking, oh, maybe we shouldn't ask. And God says, ask, ask. You never know. You don't know if you don't ask. And what's the worst? Something could be said back to you. No, Okay, it's a two-letter word. No, all right, that's fine, but at least I know. If I didn't ask, then I'm always going to wonder. So ask, because he tells you to ask. Living one day at a time. Do we do that? Let's think about that for a second. Do we live one day at a time? Now, this is, this is. remember, we're talking about seven Bible verses that are going to help you have peace of mind. Do you want peace of mind? Do you? I know I do and sometimes in this busy world it's hard to get it's hard to have that peace of mind so living one day at a time jesus said do not worry about tomorrow matthew 634 our lord told us to pray about our needs one day at a time give us today our daily bread matthew 611 when we leave the past behind and entrust the future to god life can be filled with joy There are people in my life right now that I think are being zapped of that word and that feeling and that just that peace of mind and that joy and let the joy of your um, joy of the Lord be your strength. And they're being zapped of their joy. Why? Because they're not living for today. They're not in this day. They're not just worrying about or concerned about today and our daily bread. Number four, never forget the Lord's desire to give you his blessing and peace. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Okay, think about that. Now listen carefully to what this is saying. You need to, you, I'm talking to you right now and the Lord's talking to you right now. Delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean exactly? Think about that. What does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? And once you learn and you do that, he says, that he will give you the desires of your heart. So let's define. You define delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean? For me, it's giving thanks in all things and understanding his thoughts and his love for me and for you. And then you can delight yourself in the Lord because you realize he loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. He loves you anyway. And his grace is sufficient. Celebrate. I love that word celebrate. Don't you? What do you think of when you think of the word celebrate? I think party. Celebrate. Celebrate what you can be thankful for. And we all have a lot to be thankful for. And sometimes we forget that. I remember when I was healing from my leg surgery and the accident, I could not wait to take a shower. And before that, I kind of took that for granted. I kind of took that for granted, just that warmth of that water and that just feeling clean of my hair, washing my hair. Celebrate what you can be thankful for. One of the vital principles of a peaceful, happy life is thankfulness. I'm I'm so thankful for my showers every morning. God asks us to give thanks always for everything. Everything. I had a gentleman who used to call me. He hasn't called me lately. I'm I'm open if you want to talk to me some more. And he kept telling me every time I talked to him about what he could not do. I can't do this because, and I can't do this because, boy, it was depressing. It was depressing talking to him because I kept trying to solve it or help him figure out what he could do, but he kept focusing on what he could not do. We need to be focused on what we can be thankful for. And sometimes it's as simple as breathing, right? Thankful that we can breathe in, breathe out. Thankful maybe that we have a a roof over our heads because not always, and not everybody does. Look at all the homeless people out there. They don't have a roof over their head and sometimes it's very cold and sometimes it's really hot. Being thankful for air conditioning and heating or the warm blanket or socks on our feet, We have a lot to be thankful for, and I think sometimes we take that for granted. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Colossians 3.15 If you are tuning in right now or if you just tuned in for the first time, it's no coincidence that you've tuned in today and there's something here for you. And I'm just so grateful and humbled that I have the opportunity to be behind this mic right now. And with that, I just want to say that I would love to connect with you. I'm a relational being. The Lord has called us to be relational beings. He calls us to reach out and touch someone. He wants us to be there for one another and serve one another and put others before ourselves. So I would like to connect with you. And if you'd like to do that, you need to go to Sue Freeze, like fries, one word dot com. And when you go there, you'll be asked for your name. Contact information so that we can connect back and forth. And if you have any comment or prayer request or something where you'd want some help in some way, I might not have the answer because believe me, I don't have all the answers. But I do have resources and I have resources to get resources. And so if you have a need and I can help you, I will. My desire is I would like to do that. And the Lord's put me in a position where. I have a lot of that opportunity to be able to help, and I want to do that. I am a servant. I'm here to serve the Lord and to give God my best and my all. Number six, instead of asking why or why me, ask what God wants you to do about the situation. Every disaster is an opportunity to let Christ work through you to demonstrate his love and power. Be an example in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. First Timothy 4.12. There was a time in my life where I just felt like my life really didn't matter too much. Have you ever been there? I just felt like, why am I here, Lord? Why am I here? I can remember it just like it was yesterday. I was in my bedroom, second story middle room, looking out the window. And I was crying out to God, asking him, why? Why am I here? It's got to be more than what I have, what I'm doing now. And that was a really, really um, powerful moment in my life. He's saying not to ask why or why me. He's asking you not to do that. And I did that. And it was powerful because I realized just how small I was. But I also realized that I was of value with my Heavenly Father. I realized that there was more. And I was searching for my purpose here on this earth. And I think that that was kind of a ground laying foundation for me because now I'm here helping others figure out what their purpose is. It's pretty simple, actually. In fact, I was in church a new church, because I'm searching for a new church right now because I'm, I'm not where I normally used to be on Sundays, and so I've had to find a new home. So I'm searching right now for that home for me in church. And that was something that was brought up, was uh, understanding purpose. And what I realized this last Sunday in my 60 years of living, I realized that if we can't figure out what our purpose is, From now on, what I'm going to say is, if you do nothing more than love others, then you're fulfilling God's purpose because he says, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And this was kind of a message that the Lord revealed to me. It wasn't something that was said from the stage. It was something that just kind of undercurrently was embedded into my heart, is that if we show love, if we give love, not judgment, but love. And there's different ways to show our love, different ways of giving it, different ways of receiving it. But if we do nothing other than that, it creates purpose for each individual person. So if you don't know what your purpose is, you haven't figured that out completely, if you leave with nothing more than what I'm going to say right now, then I think it's a golden nugget that you can hang your heart on for right now until something further Uh, reveals itself through the Holy Spirit, which you need to ask him for. Guidance, ask him to reveal your purpose if you don't know what it is. But I will tell you right now that his purpose for you right now, if you don't know anything else, is to love others, to serve others. Love thy neighbor as thyself and love him with all your heart, soul, and mind, and body. Love, L-O-V-E. It's a wonderful thing. Number seven, one of my favorite numbers, trust God for what you can't understand. Man, there are so many things that I don't understand. I don't understand why I lost my father at 60 with lung cancer. I don't understand why children die. I don't understand. I just don't. And maybe I'll understand when I get to heaven. Maybe I will ask that question if it's still a question for me when I get there. But I don't understand everything and neither do you. And we can't just put everything in a box and say, you know, well, if God is really God, why, you know, I I did say that, you know, why, why my father, you know, why, if there's a God, why, why do kids have cancer and die? And I don't have all those answers, but God has the answers and he, he's got the big plan. I don't understand it. I only have this little tiny, tiny, tiny world that I understand. And that's okay. It doesn't mean we stop learning. It doesn't mean we try not to search out and seek more understanding because we're we're called to seek understanding. But just understand that you're not going to have all the answers. People that maybe don't believe in God because they want all the answers, do they have all the answers regarding the other choices? I don't think so. I don't think so. Number seven, trust God for what you can understand. Man's Inhumanity to man can be overwhelming, difficult to accept, much less understand. How can such cruelty exist in a world created by a loving God? But wars and natural disasters are nothing new. They have been around for as long as man has. We are imperfect creatures living in a world where sin and evil have been set free. But God is still in control. Despite the tempest that may rage around you, Jesus promises. What does he promise? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's really good, isn't it? That's John fourteen twenty seven. if you want the address. I love having the address because sometimes I have to go back there and figure that out. I want to read it and understand, digest, do a study maybe. Studies are great. Very often I revert, I, I refer to um, a book, and it's called "Jesus Calling and Join Peace in His Presence" by Sarah Young. And right now, I'm going to read for the day that we're on right now, and it says this: There is a mighty battle going on for control of your mind. Heaven and earth intersect in your mind. The tugs of both spheres influence your thinking. I created you with the capacity to experience tastes of heaven when you shut out the world and focus on my presence you can enjoy sitting with me in heavenly realms there is an incredible privilege reserved for precious ones who belong to me and seek my face your greatest strength is your desire to spend time communing with me i don't know about you but i don't do that enough and i don't think how many if i spent 23 hours doing that it wouldn't be enough but i don't do it enough how about you As you concentrate on me, my spirit fills your mind with life and peace. The world exerts a downward pull on your thoughts. Isn't that the truth? Media bombard you with greed, lust, and cynicism. When you face these things, pray for protection and discernment. Stay in continual communication with me whenever you walk through the wastelands of this world. Refuse to worry because this form of worldliness will weigh you down and block awareness of my presence. Stay alert, recognizing the battle being waged against your mind. Look forward to an eternity of strife-free living reserved for you in heaven. Here's some scriptures that go along with that. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2, 6. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace, Romans 8, 6. Do not love the world or anything in the world. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. First John two fifteen seventeen. 17. I just love that. So there's an article by John Bloom, and it is increasing. It's going on uh, about what's in your mind. How are you feeling? And it has to do with peace of mind. These are very important questions, not just polite conversation starters. They're questions we should ask ourselves and others frequently because they tell us what direction our train is heading. We have to pay attention to what's going on in our minds. You know, it's like a fuel gauge in our car. You know, it tells us that our gas gauge, like the gas is going low. And it's kind of an indicator that we need to pay attention to something. It doesn't mean that we have to react, respond to whatever's happening there. It just means that we have to pay attention. You know, we have to be alert. To what's going on around us. I had a friend of mine that, that is aware of me and, and is paying attention to, to my personality and what drives me and whatnot. and I haven't figured me out yet, and I, I don't know, maybe maybe this person will, but what this person has realized is that I'm a scanner, that I scan all the time, and what does that mean exactly? It just means that I'm paying attention. In my business, uh, you know I, I am an advertiser, I'm a marketer. And I had to pay attention to competition. I had to pay attention to what, what the you know what's going on right now. You know, like what is working, what isn't. I had a friend of mine who actually uh, works with me. His name is Nate, and we were talking about my website, my mobile, and this might help some of you. But he was talking about he wants to have a game on my mobile. Uh, you know, a game uh, to play to, you know, just to get people engaged to what I uh, my company. And I said to him something that I get annoyed with games because of my age group. I, I, it's a time waster for me. I don't like it when people try to get me to play this game and that game on the Internet or on my mobile device. Facebook is enough, takes up enough time. But it is something I do that has a benefit in the sense that it keeps me connected. And also it's something that I use for work. For business, because I want people to be educated. I want people to understand Ecola is there to serve them. And you know, if we don't get the word out, then then obviously somebody is going to choose someone other than Ecola. And I believe Ecola is the best company out there. So I want people to know about Ecola and Termite and Pest Control and and what we what we do. So uh, during this conversation, I said to Nate, I said, Nate, you know, I understand what you're trying to do, but I'm also looking at the age of of this, and I think game playing is something that. You know, kids nowadays they learn through games, but that's not my age group. Um, that's a lot younger, but it's becoming the t- the the way things are going is that games kind of intrigue uh, get people involved and engage people of a younger group. They're just so used to that. And this age now is so used to having all of the information and answers. All they have to do is Google it. I'm getting to where I'm like that, too. I'm just Googling it. I'm not looking up the dictionary. I'm not looking. I'm just Googling it or Siri. You know, what do you think? You know, and so it's just uh, the information is just so free flowing that uh, you don't have to work very hard to be very educated or. Uh, have the knowledge you need in order to get through. So with that, all I'm saying is is that I'm paying attention to what's going on and age groups. their decades of how things are going, and I'm looking at my age group saying, is that applicable to my geographic or demographics for uh, termite people, homeowners? Okay, am I going after the 18-year-olds for homeowners for termite? No, not really. Maybe, maybe in 20 years, you know, when they're 38, they're going to have homes. But not right now. We will be back with more of the Sue Freeze Show right after this brief break. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the Termite Lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother, Andy Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS or online at termitelady.com. E.C.O.L.A., powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly.
0: Love you, Mom. E.C.O.L.A., termite and pest control. 877-332-BUGS. Me about the awesome electro gun treatments. It sends electricity through the wood. And you use it as part of your termite control services? They're very effective.
1: So if you are concerned with your health and are sensitive to chemicals, know that we have an array of options for termite control.
0: Don't sacrifice your health or the health of your home. Call E. cola termite pest control services now. 800-332-BUGS. 800-332-BUGS. Or termitelady.com. E. cola, Powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Here's your host, Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to The Sue Freeze Show. And thank you, Ecola Termite and Pest Management Services, for sponsoring The Sue Freeze Show. And Learning to Breathe is a book that was written. And uh, it was written in a time when I couldn't do much of anything else. And so... Uh, if you are interested in uh, getting the book, all you have to do is go to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. And uh, we'll be happy to send you a copy of the book. So uh, something new has happened for me and it is very interesting because, you know, as we get older, our eyesight kind of gets worse. And I have realized that I can't see very well and I definitely need my glasses. And what I did yesterday uh, is I went and saw an eye doctor. And said, I need to do something because I can never find my glasses. I need my glasses to find my glasses. And that's kind of comical, but it's actually true. And so I thought, you know, I'd really like to figure out if there's another way to get around this to where I don't need glasses. So today is my first day where I have contacts in my eyes and it's bugging the heck out of me. Um, I had surgery on one of my eyes where they took, they cut out a uh, pterygium off my eye and Um, They put a baby membrane on top of my eye, and it took a long time for it to graft into my eyeball. So now I have this contact that's over that, and it's irritating. And so um, I have to use eye drops all the time. But I'm trying this because I have monovision where one of my contacts is for far away, and one of my contacts is for close. And it's interesting because as a dancer, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be off balance having my eyes. But it's interesting. Our brain is such an amazing thing. And it's interesting that um, I am right now reading without glasses. And it's the first time in a long time. And I'm very excited about that. So we are talking about peace of mind and we are talking about, you know, our mind is an amazing thing, isn't it? And uh, we if we fill our thought processes with thankfulness, it causes a peace that comes over us no matter what we're facing. And I think that's really a wonderful thing to remember when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling like things are just out of control. Uh, the first Uh, session, the first half of the show, I was talking about that. I am now face live and it's saying to invite. I don't know if I need to invite, but I've got a lot of people connecting in right now and it's very exciting for me. Because, uh, you know, on the radio, it's a one-way conversation. It means that I am talking into a mic, and normally I can't see my audience. And now I, this FaceTime Live is kind of wonderful because I'm seeing people's names come up on the screen, and I'm seeing who's listening, and it makes me more connected because I'm a personal, relational person. I'm seeing that, and it's exciting. So welcome to Facebook Live. Our train of thought, the train of the mind is linked together like this. The car of our thoughts is hitched to the car of our emotions, which is hitched to the car of our hope, which is hitched to the engine of our trust. Now this is an article, I'm not taking credit for it because it's not my article. It's written by John Bloom. And it has to do, how are you feeling? What's on your mind? So here's how the train operates. Trust engine. The engine that pulls our mind in a certain direction is trust our beliefs, our faith. And trust is always pulling us towards some trustworthy destination, something we're believing. When I say trustworthy here, I mean that our mind believes it's trustworthy or might be trustworthy. In reality, it could be completely false. But if our mind believes the destination destination is credible, our trust will pull in that direction. Boy, trustworthy, now that's a word. That's going to be a whole show. I'm not going to go there, but trustworthy. You know, there's so many times where I've thought that somebody or something was trustworthy to find later that I was mistaken. And it kind of really shakes the boat, doesn't it, when you have something that you think you've put your trust into, and then all of a sudden you realize you probably shouldn't have done that. Yes, Katie's been there. She's right here going, yep, uh uh-huh. The Hope car is hitched to the engine of trust, it's the, the car of hope. If the destination, our trust engine, is pulling toward promises, a good future, near or distant, we feel hopeful. If the destination promises a bad future, we feel some measure of hopelessness or hope deficit. I've been down that road, and I can tell you that's de- it's very defeating to feel hopelessness. And that's part of one of my drives for ministry is to help other people get through that hopelessness state. Because I'll tell you right now, the devil is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's here to isolate us so that we don't understand there's other people that might be going through the same thing. Or we don't reach out for help because we, you know, we just think, oh, my gosh, my problems are so minor compared to somebody else's, or nobody's going to understand what I'm going through. Those are lies. Those are lies, and I'm telling you right now to just shake that, would you? If you're going through a hard time, I just want you to understand there's other people out there that can relate or that will stand beside you. A safe place where you can get comfort, you can get help, and maybe direction, because that's what we need. We need to change direction of that car uh, into a better place. Emotions car. Hits to the car of our hope is the car of our dominant emotions. The measure of our hope is directly reflected in how we feel. How we feel. That's where hope comes from. It's a feeling, but it comes from our brain. It's our belief system. They work connected. They're together. Our thoughts car, the brain, hits to the car of our dominant emotions is the car of our dominant conscious thoughts. The things that are occupying our minds at the moment. If we're hopeful, our emotions are happy and expansive, which results in optimistic, forward-oriented, eager thoughts. If we feel hopeless, our thoughts are fearful, depressed, sad, pessimistic, defensive-oriented, apprehensive, etc. cetera. Which one are you at right now? Because you know we up and flow, don't we? There are times when we are on the up and the up and they're down and the down, and we have to guard ourselves in our thought processes To remember that thankfulness is really important. And if we stay in that thankful mind, we're going to have peace of mind. And if we understand that our hope is in our heavenly father, if we can look up and we know he's there, we walk away, we move away. He doesn't. He's always there. He never sleeps. So we can we can interrupt whatever's going on because we're no interruption to him. Someone needed to hear that. <laughs> if we want to be happy, our trust must have its sights set on the right destination. Do you have the right destination? Do you know where you're headed? Do you? Experientially, we tend to ride, so to speak, in our emotions and thought cars. These are what we are most aware of most of the time. But what's important to remember is that our dominant emotions Our thoughts are not driving our train. They are being pulled. So when we are struggling emotionally, when we, like Martha, are anxious and troubled about many things, Luke 10, 41, more often than not, we have a directional problem. Our trust engine is pulling toward a troubling destination that, for some reason, we believe is trustworthy. We're going down the wrong track. You're going down the wrong track. So how do you get on the right track? Think about these things. That's why the Bible almost always addresses our emotional trouble by redirecting our minds toward the right objects of trust. Here's a prime example. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, Philippians 4.8. Two verses earlier, Paul instructs us to not be anxious about anything, Philippians 4.6. That's one I've memorized because, boy, do I get anxious sometimes. I've gotten better in this, though. Thank you, Lord. I've gotten better in the anxious department. I think that comes with maybe time and going through trying times is that you realize that you went through something else that maybe was stronger or maybe a little different, but you got through it, right? You made it through it, and so now this thing is here, and you're going, okay, I made it through that, so maybe I can get through this. Then he instructs us to let our requests be made known to God because hope-saturated, heart guarding peace results from trusting God's promises. Do you trust God's promises? Like, ask And it will be given to you. There it is again. Ask, and it will be given to you. Matthew 7, 7. And then in verse 8, he lists all those hopeful destinations and instructs us to think about these things. Philippians 4, 8. If you have a Bible, go there and check that out. Philippians. Start with 4, 4, Philippians, which is rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice. Sometimes in our troubles, isn't it the most difficult thing of all to rejoice? (laughs) I find it's very difficult to rejoice. But when we start thinking about all we have to be thankful for, it puts things into perspective. At least it does for me. It puts things in perspective for me. You're listening to the Sue Freeze show on our flagship station, KKLA 99.5. Thank you, San Diegans, for listening. Thank you, in Ventura, for listening. K D A R, the word. And K U H L up in Santa Maria. Thank you. I have Christian stations, secular stations listening to this, and also LA 36 television. Sue Freeze has a television show for about a year and a half now. It's very exciting. If you go to Sufri, spelt like fries we word dot com, go there, connect with me, would you? And also go there and, and spend a little time. Go there when you can spend a little time because there are things you can download like the I ams that it's Jesus says you are. It's not what I say you are, it's what Jesus says. But I would much rather listen to what he says than to listen to this world and the people in this world telling me who I am or what I am or what I'm not right? So go there and and uh, read who you are. For instance, one that is my favorite and I'm hanging on right now is that I'm victorious. How many times in your life do you not feel victorious? Or you're going through a trying time, and you're going, oh my gosh. And then when you realize that the Lord has already fought the battle and the battle's already been won, and you say, I am victorious in Jesus' name, and you say that out loud, did you know that the devil cannot hear your thoughts? He only can hear what you say out of your mouth. So guard it with everything you've got. Guard what you say out of your mouth. In other words, the mind must be directed. If we want to be happy, our trust must have its sights set on the right destination. Meditation is the track to joy. Okay. That's why Bible reading, memorizing, and prayer are so important. Prayerful prayerful Bible meditation directs our trust engine toward the right destinations. God's promises, second Peter one through four in church this last Sunday, they were talking about first Peter and second Peter talking about God's promises. And you know what I realized for me? And I'm just being vulnerable here is that I did not know where first Peter was in the Bible. And I thought I knew where every book was in the Bible. And I could not, for the life of me, find First Peter. And it's very much towards the end. And it's very small. And And I had to go to the front of the book and look it up. And I thought, you know what? Shame on me. Not really. I don't like that word shame. But, you know, I need to be in the Word more, obviously, if I don't know where First Peter is. So that was an eye-opener for me. So, okay, Lord, I get it. Okay, so memorizing And prayer are so important. Prayerful Bible meditation directs our trust engine toward the right destinations, which causes our hope to abound and us to experience joy and peace in believing. Romans 15, 13. And this makes us more able to take every thought captive to obey Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. How many times have you caught your thought processes not being what you wanted them to be? How many times have you said, "Uh uh-uh, I rebuke that. That's not the right thinking. That's stinking thinking. Have you ever said that to yourself? I have. I'm like, that's stinking thinking. I'm not even going there. I want to think the way God would want me to think. And I want to direct my thought processes. I want to direct my actions towards the manner in which God would want me to behave, think, speak, walk, I want to do what he wants me to do. And if we ask him, ask him, he will guide our every move, our every step. Hi, Stacy. We're completely wrongheaded whenever we lapse into thinking that private devotions somehow win us merit points with God. Devotions aren't for impressing God or anybody else. They are for daily pointing us in the right direction and fueling the engine of our trust in God. Sometimes, you know, our trust gets broken here on this earth with people. People will let you down. But our Heavenly Father won't let us down. Even though sometimes, you know, I've been mad at him. Have you? Have you gotten mad at God sometimes? I've gotten mad because I didn't understand. Later, it became clear. But I got mad. It's like, where are you right now? Where are you? I don't feel your presence right now. And what I realized later, it wasn't him that moved at all. It was me. I moved away. Out of obedience comes blessing. And I moved away from him. He didn't move away from me. He's always right there. And he sends people along our path, people that are so special, that impact us. And they might not even know that they impact us. They might not even know it. So it's our I don't know, our duty, our responsibility to say thank you to those people when we can. Not always is that possible. People come and go, and they're there for a reason and a season. Have you found that to be true? Think about the people that have impacted your life, and are are all those people that have impacted your life, are they still in your life today? No, they're not. We're completely wrongheaded whenever we lapse into thinking that private devotions somehow win us merit. They don't. So if you are struggling today, walk up the line of your train of thought. Where is your trust engine taking you? I like that question. That's a new one for me. Where is your trust engine taking you? Wow. I'm going to have to think about that one. If you are on the wrong track, the Bible has provided you a track switcher. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on Earth, Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on them and then think about these things. It takes work to redirect your trust. Boy, isn't that the truth? And when you get shaken, you know, when when you get shook, when you get shaken, um, you're thinking, wow, where was my trust uh, radar? You know, where was it? Because I really thought this. And then all of a sudden, surprise, surprise. It's pretty crazy, actually. I have an issue right now at my workplace where I felt like certain people were in positions and I felt like there was trust there and then a trust gets broken. And then the question is, is what do you do with that? Where do you go with that? And how do you resolve that in your heart? Is this something that you can gain the trust back or is it something where your guard and your wall has to go up and you have to keep that person at bay now? Because that person has proven themselves untrust, you know, untrustworthy. So what do you do with those people and those relationships? Do you confront them? That's another question. Do I confront these people that I have discovered that um, have done something that impacts me, maybe my company? Or do I just let it go and put it in my index for later? Good question. I haven't come up with the answer yet. I'm, I'm asking for the Lord to guide me in that because I'm really not sure how to handle that. So when you're, uh, it takes work to redirect your trust, expect it to be a fight. First Timothy six twelve. but it is very much worth the fight. It will direct your trust in a faithful one. Hebrews ten twenty three. give you a hope that won't disappoint. Romans 5, 5 exchange anxiety for peaceful joy. Romans 15, 13, and cause you to think clearly and faithfully. Romans 12, 3. I hope this has been helpful for you to um, just focus on peace of mind and where where does it come from and how do you gain it. And the uh, first seven steps that I talked about on the first half, which was not on FaceTime live, uh, you know, you can get it by going to the SueFreeze.com site Sue Free, spell like fries. one word dot com. Go there and I have over eight and a half years of podcasts and um, they're by subject matter. Sometimes I have guests on here. If you want to be a guest, I welcome you to connect with me and tell me that you want to be a guest on this show. I would love to not be just on here by myself because, you know, it's a lot to find content and to talk for an hour. I know, I know, I know. Sue, you have no problem talking. I get that. You know, this week, uh, I've been asked to be a keynote speaker this Friday, and it's in San Diego, and it's to my industry. I am going to be talking to my industry about advertising and marketing and about, you know, where I came from and how I got into what I'm into now. I always say bloom where you're planted. I think it's important that no matter where we are, we give it our all and give it our best and uh, it's going to be very exciting because it's the first time I've actually given back and, and had input into my industry. And it's such an honor for me to be asked to do this because it's not every day you have somebody in the industry that's talking to the rest of the industry. And people are saying, why would you want to give up your secrets? And uh, I, I think there's enough business to go around. I think that no matter what we are doing, we just we just need to be our best at what we do. And there's always going to be um, the people there that are going to need what you have to offer. And uh, you know, I have friends that are struggling with depression, and my heart goes out to these people because I've been there and I know what it feels like to be depressed. But I also realize that um, I got so caught up into what wasn't working and what wasn't happening the way I felt it should go, then I forgot what I was thankful for. And so I had to surround myself with people that would remind me and I had to get scriptures in my mind. I had to repeat scriptures in my mind and stay focused and just stay focused on that positive of, you know, who God is, who I am with him, with him, with me. Uh, who i am in christ and what i said in the first section if you came in in the second half is that this uh week at church when i was sitting there and i realized that if people don't know what their purpose is i'm just going to say it again because i think it's so important and it's something god revealed to me with the holy spirit this weekend is that i i really want to help people understand who they are who God says they are, and also what their purpose is here on this earth. My children, when they were growing up, 35 and 33 now, but as they were growing up, I said, you know, you were created for a specific purpose, and I cannot wait to see how God makes that purpose happen. And my daughter is a teacher, and my son is working with me, and he's helping people, and he... He's just a very literal thinker, and he uh, figures out way to get things done that is it just uh, never ceases to amaze me. But what I what I realized this weekend was is if people don't know what their purpose is here on this earth, that focus on loving people there are certain people in my life that are just really good at this one person is steve zener the way he just is interested in people and he was listening i don't think he's on now but steve zener is one of those people that you know he just he wants to know how people are doing and he does it with such a sincere nature that it makes you just feel valued it makes you feel important and uh you know we all could learn about that because everybody is coming from somewhere and everybody is going through trials and tribulations and we don't know where somebody has been. So to be there with a smile and a love and a hug is a great thing. So be a blessing each and every day and I'll see you next week. God bless you.
0: Bye bye. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home. Your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters. Even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. termite, and pest control services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects.